Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports podcast on the entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp, and oh my gosh, dude, so much crap has happened in like the last 48 hours. We have so much in store this episode. It is getting to the juicy time of the football season, the, you know, college, there's a transfer today that broke the internet. Um, You know, last episode, I mentioned we were going to talk about Devonte Adams, best trade destinations. We'll get started right off the bat with that, uh, with that right there, and then we'll jump into the Super Bowl. I'll give my opinion on the Super Bowl matchup. What led to those two teams being in the Super Bowl? Then we'll hop into Joe Burrow. We'll hop next to Tom Brady, um, the transfer Caleb Williams, um, Jim Harbaugh, and then we have a bombshell NFL lawsuit from Brian Flores to end the episode. Let's jump into the show, everybody. Um, Devontae Adams, um, you know, he is a now free, I think he's a free agent. Um, he he wants he wants big money. And there's a few teams here. There's three teams that I could see very well going after him besides the Packers. Um, I see re-signing as um, being, mm, ooh, it's 50-50 on re-signing right now. It depend, I really think it depends on if Rodgers goes. I feel like they're a package deal. Um most definitely not staying in Green Bay if Rodgers leaves. That's that's what I'm saying. But these are the three best destinations for Devontae Adams. Um, number one, I got the Raiders. I think um, they might not be the best destination, but I could most likely see them. They have a weak receiving core besides Hunter, Refro, Hunter Renfro. Um, they have Waller, but they need one more weapon to be a, a sure-packed fire offense, especially in the AFC West. Um, they got an all-around built team besides the receiver spot. Um, their defense, you know, came up big in certain games. Um, they have decent talent everywhere else except the receiver spot. Receiver is their most needed position. They have a good tailback. They get, they have Derek Carr at quarterback. Um, good. They have a very decent offensive line. Um, they have a good developing defensive front. Um, they have a surefire cornerback in Nate Hobbs. Uh, they, they have a young up-and-coming defense, and they just need a surefire receiver who's not a route runner, but someone you can rely on if you throw up a 50-50 ball. I feel like Hunter Renfro is not that guy. Darren Waller, um, not really you know that kind of receiver. Um, he's a tight end, so you got to have that surefire receiver. Uh, Raiders, I really like them here. Next, I got the Broncos. Broncos, package deal with Rodgers. This is where I see the situational ness of Devontae Adams going to the Broncos I see a situation where there's a package deal with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams a little sign and trade action swap for Jerry Judy send Jerry Judy to the Packers or Cortland Sutton one of those two young guys who uh can maybe can even out the package with Rodgers and Adams um yeah I situationally I could see the Broncos being you know the heavy favorite here um it makes a lot of sense trade wise and um, they have the they have the goods for the Packers to make a decent offer for Aaron Rodgers, and I think Devontae Adams would be a part of that since Adams is clearly not going to stay if Rodgers leaves. That's kind of you know the overall consensus right now. Um, Adams wants to be Rodgers' main guy, so I could definitely see the Broncos in a package deal situationally. Now the Ravens. Another great fit. Um, very promising offense. We know they have weapons. Uh, same kind of deal with the Raiders. Uh, they have a good route runner like Marquise Brown. Very good tight end in Mark Andrews. Um, I feel like they have a more put-together team than the Raiders do. 
especially uh, locationally. Once I mean, I've been on this topic numerous times. The Vegas is not a good spot for good players. Um, but I think Devontae Adams has a good head on his shoulders. I don't think, you know, he'll go out and lose his life to gambling or whatever goes on in Vegas. Um, sin, sin city, you know. Um, but they, they need another weapon besides Lamar Jackson and a good route runner that could complement uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, they drafted Rashad Bateman, receiver from Minnesota. Um, you, we haven't seen, you know, huge flashes from the guy. Um, we see the potential, but they right now they could use a surefire guy like Devontae Adams. And I feel like that would propel them to the Super Bowl level. Um, you know, it's been Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes the last two years mainly. And now you add Joe Burrow to the mix, give uh, Lamar Jackson one more great receiver. And he's, you know, you got the four horsemen of the AFC probably battling it out for the next 10 years if the Ravens can complete this. Um, someone argued... Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Someone argue that, you know, he's a top three quarterback in the AFC. Definitely see that, and I would definitely help his case if he added a threat like Devontae Adams. Those are the three best destinations, I believe, for Devontae Adams. You know, one of the best, probably the best route runner in the NFL, without a doubt. Um, if it brings Chad Johnson to tears, I would say you're the best route runner in the league. Anywho... Let's talk. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Let's get. Let's address the elephant in the room right now. Okay, Bengals. What the hell are they doing here? Rams. Kind of. I mean, you didn't really expect it, but you knew they had a Super Bowl caliber team. So the Rams. Not really a surprise, but it's like, wow. Tom Brady's not in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes isn't in the Super Bowl. This is weird. And now you have two guys who damn well deserve a ring. Matthew Stafford probably more so than Joe Burrow. Um, but. I, if I'm not the only person to say that I'm surprised, um, I would be surprised. That, sorry if that was a brain mess up. But um, wow, this this Super Bowl is I love it. I personally love you know everything that that's about it. Um, you have two guys, two quarterbacks of teams who have a chance to solidify themselves with a ring on their finger, proving that they're elite. I mean, obviously, if you win a Super Bowl, you're elite, right? You'd think so. Uh, an elite quarterback winning the Super Bowl. Uh, probably Joe Flacco, last guy I can remember that was the guy that won a Super Bowl and didn't stay elite years after. He was elite that year. But, um, you know, it's been a while since an elite quarterback was, wasn't was the main reason for the Super Bowl. Let's say that. Um, I think Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has, like, a chance to do something a lot of – people haven't done. Joe Burrow has taken the league by storm. He has a chance, listen to this, he has a chance to become a Heisman winner, a national champion, and a Super Bowl winner. Um, also, only two quarterbacks have won the national title, and the, uh, two starting quarterbacks have won the national title and Super Bowl, Joe Montana and Joe Namath. I get two things out of this. First of all, if you want a successful athletic son, name him Joe. Second of all, um, this first of all the the year gap between Joe Montana and Joe Burrow absolutely insane. Second of all, um, the Bengals being the team that they are haven't had success with any other quarterback. Um, to see that Joe Burrow propelling this team to the Super Bowl within two years is absolutely ridiculous. Um, new face of the league? Question mark. Possibly, I could see it. Um, we all think 
you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is going to be that guy for a while. Um, you know, after Brady's retirement now, let's not be dumb here. Brady was the face of football. But um, now you have challenges in the AFC. Now now it's not surefire Chiefs. I think Patrick's the guy right now, but it's going to take a minute for him to earn that spot. Um, Tom Brady, he had three separate three-peats in this, nearly three separate three-peats in the Super Bowl. He went to another team and won another Super Bowl, all within a decade span. Um, I really think he's the undisputed face of the NFL. Uh, he was when he was in the league. Anywho, uh, so he has a chance to become a Heisman winner, national champion, and Super Bowl winner. Only a select few of guys have done that, um, and only two quarterbacks. It's surprising to see that only two quarterbacks have won the national starting quarterbacks have won the national title and Super Bowl. Now, here's where my next point lies. Um, with the NFL playoffs, I went with the conservative answer. I went with Chiefs, Packers, Super Bowl. I think a lot of people did that. It's the favorite. It's the Vegas odds, etc. Teams like that who have propelled themselves into the first place spot, um, like the Packers and Chiefs, for instance, they end up playing like um, they end up playing as if they have to protect something. And if you see teams playing as if they have to protect something rather than they have nothing to lose. That's when it gets really dangerous. Point A, we have the 2007 Patriots. Um, 16-0 record. Lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. They were protecting their undefeated record. Um, they it, it, Their momentum kind of died out. Um, it's good. I think it's better for a team to take losses early than you know, protecting something that and continue to lose momentum. That's when teams begin to play scared. We saw the Bengals catch absolute fire towards week 17 and week 18 of the regular season. That's when they propelled themselves as elite, and they caught the momentum at the right time. Uh, with the Colts, I think if the Colts do what they did um, middle of the season with Jonathan Taylor running through everybody when they had one of the best defenses in football and then kind of died down towards the end of the season, they would have been in the Super Bowl if they played like they did middle of the season. Colts, for instance. Rams, I said myself, if their superstars jump up to the next caliber level, like, you know, Von Miller, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, I can go on and on and on. They've all played like superstars, and it's all about them clicking. Schemes over teams, their superstars clicked. It's become a scheme superstar click session, if that makes sense. Um, whew. So... All in all, um, you know, we'll see next year. We'll see the same thing. We'll see the teams with the best odds, Chiefs, Packers, depending on Rodgers, if they're, um, we'll see the same, you know, odds with teams being um, un- kind of very same level football through the regular season, but they'll play elite. What I want my viewers to do next season for football is when they watch the NFL matchups. Towards the end of the season, really pay attention to who catches fire because that right there is where you can win money and predict, you know, Super Bowl. I'm a rookie at this. I was just playing conservative here, trying to be, you know, be Mr. Predictable. Um, yeah, and it didn't work. And it's because, you know, same with the 49ers. They caught fire too. Um, anywho, that was kind of all over the place. But um, Joe Burrow has, really has something to do amazing. Um, 
he really has the chance to do something amazing. Heisman winner, national champion, Super Bowl win- winner. Um, only two quarterbacks have won the national title and Super Bowl, Joe Montana and Joe Namath. Very older, last-generation guys. Um, Joe Burrow has the chance to become the face of the NFL if he does this and if he can keep the Bengals franchise into a dynasty and maybe go head-to-head battles with Patrick Mahomes, the likes of Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. We're seeing a new era of football, and it's going to be a lot more competitive than just the Brady-Manning-style football that we've seen. Um, It's going to be really fun. That that leads to my next point. Tom Brady officially retired. This right here opens the door for a lot of new QBs um, to make their mark as the face of the NFL. Um, that's, That's the big question mark. Who is it going to be? Um, I think the favorites, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but where I'm looking at is new QB opportunity for the Bucks. Now, this changes a lot of things in the draft upcoming. This changes a lot of things in free agency. I could see them sticking with Kyle Trask, who they drafted in the second round out of Florida. Um, Aaron Rodgers, um, Baker Mayfield, I could see as well. Um, the Bucks have a very well put together team. Um, that, that was built around Tom Brady. Now a lot of those guys are sitting in the dust. Probably a lot of them will leave too. I guarantee you Gronk retires. I guarantee you Chris Godwin leaves. Um, and the Bucks will be the epitome of poor again like they were before Tom Brady came into the scene. Um, but new opportunity, new QB opportunity for the Bucks where they look for the draft. Um, I like Kyle Trask. Um, he was a gunslinger at Florida. The guy can sling the ball like none other. Um, so it's a lot, it opens a lot of questions, um, but Tom Brady's retired now. This is a new era of football, like I said. Um, and, I, you know, the face of the league will always be a quarterback most likely, but um, we've seen positions propel. Like the running back this year, Jonathan Taylor jumped up in the MVP odds. Um, I hope to see something different along those lines. I hope it's not another just dynamic quarterback who jumps as, you know, MVP every year. I hope we see something different, um, different positions, etc. Um, like the running back, or maybe like a middle linebacker. Um, you know, kind of like with that MVP argument. Why does a quarterback always have to win MVP? I don't know. Kind of just rambling right now. Anywho, let's jump to the college side of the gridiron. Caleb Williams, Heisman favorites, most likely headed to USC. Bro- broke the, broke the news this morning. Uh, this opens up a whole web of recruits for USC, and it wouldn't be crazy if they were in a pow- like you know power power five conference like the SEC or you know ACC. They are in the Pac-12. Pac-12 hasn't had crazy success in the college football playoffs. Uh, Oregon's time in the Pac-12 that was the last time they were relevant. Um, this could turn the tide offensively in recruit in you know. Uh, for, to make USC a recruiting powerhouse in the NCAA. Uh, it adds a competitive nature to the Pac-12. And um, at this point, get ready for the downfall of Oklahoma. Um, if, as, if they pick up somebody new at coach and just takes them off, that would you know, surprise me. Um, I don't, I, how will Oklahoma recover? Anywho, like I was saying, they haven't had difficulties finding quarterback talent with Lincoln Riley. Now, Whoever their new head coach is going to be, I don't know if they picked one up. I haven't looked at that. Um, I don't see a bounce back from this, for at least for a while, from Oklahoma. The Big 12 will now belong to Oklahoma State and or Baylor. Um, the Big Oklahoma 
they're done for a while at least um the man this it's going to be crazy seeing a competitive nature to the Pac-12 you know we see the normal conferences Big 12 SEC co- conferences you know that we've seen for a while um and Big 10 you'll see something new here with the Pac-12 and I like it I really think it gives Caleb Williams a better chance first of all for the NFL draft under Lincoln Riley he's produced numerous um, NFL quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, etc. We know how good he can develop those quarterbacks, and it ups Caleb Williams, you know, odds as you know a top ten pick, um, Heisman favorite, gives him a better offensive scheme. I like the choice for the kid. He's smart. Um, it'll open a whole web of recruits, like I said before. Good choice, Caleb Williams. Hats off. Anywho, Jim Harbaugh. Vikings are on the call for him. Uh, he is possibly the next Vikings head coach. We've seen he's shown numerous, like a ton of interest in coaching for them. Uh, reports have he's un, he's unhappy with Michigan's uh, the way they've been running. You know the whole coaching deal. Um, he's not the happiest right now with the Michigan administration. Um, a, this is what I like about Jim Harbaugh. He's a true risk taker. And that's exactly what Minnesota needs. I think it's a perfect fit. Um, as a Bears fan, it won't be. I won't be happy if he gets hired by the Vikings because um, I really think he'll, you know, push the Vikings to that next tier level if he's there. Because listen, when he and you know the whole Colin Kaepernick thing when uh, 2012, Alex Smith was benched. Colin Kaepernick jumps into the mix and becomes a starting QB. Very. High risk decision, especially when the 49ers were on the verge of making the playoffs. To make a QB change at that time, at that point in time, was a huge risk. Um, and they made the Super Bowl. They did. He's a very scheme oriented guy. I think he's a good risk taker on the field and game plan, game plan decision making. Um, I really think it'll work out if he is the next coach of Minnesota. Um, they possibly need a more mobile QB. We know Harbaugh knows how to coach those. Uh, hence Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, hence college formations with the option, etc. They know they know everything there is to running with a mobile QB, and that might be what Minnesota needs, someone to pull the trigger on a QB change in Minnesota. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, very good stat guy, but he doesn't take huge risks. Um, he's a stat guy right now, and, and I think Harbaugh is the guy they need to make a risk for Minnesota. We're on this next week. Anywho, uh, main event of the show, uh, just breaking a lot of news today. Uh, not a lot of huge takes, but Brian Flores, former Dolphins head coach, bombshell lawsuit on the NFL regarding uh, racial discrimination within uh, the hiring process for the head coach. Um, this all broke because, listen to this, Bill Belichick, so this, w- this started in... Um, with the Giants. The Giants had fired uh, Joe Judge, got him out of there. They're about to hire a new guy, and the new guy was going to be Brian DeBole. Now, Bill Belichick sends a text accidentally to Brian Flores thinking it's Brian DeBole saying, hey, congratulations on the new job. I heard uh, that they're going with you. This is before any announcement of a head coaching change. Now, Brian Flores still has an interview with the Giants as um, scheduled for the next day as Belichick is sending these uh, congratulations texts accidentally to Brian Flores. I know, it's a whole soap opera right now, but 
Brian Flores is on the case right now. Um, he should have been hired by now. This is, I mean, he shouldn't have been fired in the first place. That's absolutely ridiculous. He was a great head coach, turned the Dolphins around, um, won seven or, I forget, seven or eight straight games with them. And he turned that team around from when they were in 2019, from where they were the next year when they went 11 and five, brought Tua Tagovailoa in. Um, they had a very competitive defense, decent receiving core, um, he turned this team around like that, and he had, you know, kind of an average season this year, but there's growing pains within a rebuilding organization, um, and especially when you can win seven or eight games. You're not a bad team, and I give 90% of that to Brian Flores. He turned this team around, should have been hired by now by at least somebody, somebody who's rebuilding, and he has a very good case here. Um, it's very suspicious. I'm not going to give my opinion in on this because of, you know, Racial discrimination, sensitive topic. I'm not going to give like a psychoanalysis on why it's racist or why it's not. I, I don't have an opinion on it yet. It is kind of fishy, though. I will say it's fishy that Flores is unhired, is not hired right now, and he obviously should have been. And, you know, if all this is true, if there was racial discrimination within the organization, go on Brian Flores. And it's first of all, it's a huge risk to do this because – um, you're not going to get hired again if you're suing the NFL. You obviously have a special talent to coach football um, and to cha adapt change within the league. Um, that's uh, giving up your special talent of coaching to give change within the league. Hats off to you, sir. Um, I really, I really wished, you know, like my Bears, I wanted them to hire Brian Flores. They need somebody to develop Justin Fields. They need someone to go about their rebuild. We were awful last year. Um, Brian Flores was probably the top head coaching candidate going into um, this offseason with all the firings that happened. He was Everyone was surprised when he was fired. So we'll, we'll see with all of that. We'll probably get some more info on this in the upcoming days. Um, but, yeah, that was the breaking news about two hours ago. There was a lot of stuff that went on um, throughout the morning. My phone, my phone's probably still blowing up right now. Um, yeah, can you can you guys see that? Yeah, my phone's blowing up. There's a lot more notifications this morning, but my yeah. Um, anywho, uh, that that'll conclude the episode. Thank you everybody for watching. Um, I'm gonna have a vlog coming out most likely this Friday, um, and this coming out obviously th today Wednesday, um, and. Yeah, um, next episode, I plan on doing an NBA GOAT talk. Um, that's going to be the big main event of the show. Um, I'm going to give my top 10 NBA players of all time. I didn't do, do really any NBA today, um, but next episode is going to be a big kind of take episode rather than me just listing off sports news, kind of like today's episode was. I gave a few opinions. But it was mostly all just, hey, this happened. And I don't like doing that. I wish I want to go more in depth. So next episode, stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Stay tuned for Friday. There's going to be a vlog out. Um, a lot of things are happening with the channel. I'm still working on a website, still working on merch. Everything is going to go as planned. So thank you for watching my Drake's Corner Errs. And I will see you guys next Wednesday. Peace.